I'd like to welcome you to this podcast for April 26, 2020, from Hillside Church in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. I am Pastor Joe Cheerhart, and this will be our last podcast during the corona pandemic, because beginning in May, we will be returning to our church building. For anyone interested, our church sermons are on our church website at efreetahlequah.com. Today I will be speaking from James chapter 4 and verses 11 and 12. So if you would like to turn to your Bible or have your Bible handy, that would probably be a good help. Do you find yourself annoyed or even disturbed when you see someone acting as if they are above the law? I think most people probably feel that way. You know, the question rises up in your mind. Who does he think he is? During this time of lockdown with businesses and parks closed in certain states, there have been reports of top government leaders taking walks in a closed park and one visiting a so-called closed beauty shop while everyone else is ordered to stay out. When questioned about their activity, one said he needed to keep up his health because of his work, and the other said she takes her hygiene very seriously. Well, well, well. And we know that in the case of some laws, the U.S. Congress, after voting to pass a certain law, will immediately follow up that vote with a vote to exempt Congress from having to follow that law. And then again, we probably have the thought, well, just who do they think they are? Now, I imagine most of us get somewhat rankled when we see leaders, especially those enforcing the laws on others, act as if they are above the law. Perhaps you've even heard your children call you out for doing something you told them not to do. We've heard it in our home. It begins early, doesn't it? That feeling. Who do you think you are? Well, it just so happens that there is an area where we Christians can easily fall into putting ourselves above the law. And when it happens, it can be very ugly. And we may not even recognize it as putting ourselves above the law. But James tells us in the Bible that that is exactly what we are doing at times. We have been going through the New Testament book of James. James was one of the earthly half-brothers of Jesus. And James is not one to try to find the gentlest way to say things. He's very straightforward and gets right to the point. And this morning we are going to be looking at two verses that cut right to the heart concerning the way we Christians can fall into the trap of placing ourselves above the law. James has been addressing some inner conflicts that have been hurting some of the churches he has been overseeing. And in the past weeks, we have covered some of these problems. But this morning, we are going to laser in on one in particular. One that could be an easy trap for us to fall into. Listen, if you will, to verse 11 of James chapter 4. He says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another, Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, 
you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Now that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Slandering is using speech that attacks another person. It's when we use our words to go after someone. It's used of the Israelites when they speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? You know, that accusatory language. It's used of people making false accusations of Christians in the letter that Peter writes. The book of Leviticus instructs the Israelites not to spread slander against each other because it's not loving your neighbor. That would be an example of someone putting themselves above the law. So James is telling these Christians to stop slandering each other, stop putting themselves above the law, to stop attacking each other with their words. Now, you know, that could be face-to-face accusations. It could be saying negative things about someone to somebody else. It could be trying to harm someone's reputation. It could be complaining about someone to a person who can't really help in the matter. And of course, gossiping can be a form of slander. James said earlier in his letter that some of these churches were being embroiled in quarrels and fights. And he said that they were stemming from selfish motives. Motives like bitter envy and selfish ambition. People out for themselves instead of thinking of the other person. He also said the tongue was one of the most powerful and dangerous weapons in spite of its small size. He likens the tongue to a small rudder controlling a big boat or a tiny spark setting a huge forest fire on fire or a huge forest on fire. <clears throat> Our words are very pos- very powerful, aren't they? And they can cause serious damage. Think of a middle schooler being bombarded by a group of bullies on the playground. That can lead to drastic consequences. Also, think of a schoolgirl who feels she isn't pretty, being ridiculed by a bunch of smart aleck guys. That also leads to drastic consequences at times. A husband belittling his wife with sharp words. A wife demeaning her husband in a time of failure. Words can cut deep, can't they? And now we don't even have to be near the person to sling cutting words their way. Social media allows us to slander people with brute force any time of the night or day. You may have heard of one young woman a few years ago was sent to prison for repeatedly encouraging her boyfriend to kill himself by breathing car fumes. What had happened was He was talking to her about killing himself. He wanted to kill himself. And at one point, he began to start the procedure. He was in his garage, starting his pickup, letting the fumes come in. At one point, he got cold feet. He he got back out of the truck. He called his girlfriend, or they were communicating back and forth. And she said, be brave. Get back in that truck. You're always talking about doing it, and you never do. Which then he finally did, and he finished the job. 
in her trial for helping with the murder, the prosecutor said that the boyfriend would not have carried through on the attempt if not for her words. Words make a big difference, don't they? And just think how much good and bad we can do with our words. But James tells his people, he's telling these Christians, these people of God, not to slander one another. Don't attack people with your words. Don't use your words to hurt people. Now, what kind of words are we talking about? Well, they could be careless comments that we don't think through before we say we say them. It could be sharp criticisms that cut deep. They could be heavy judgmentalisms that leave someone loaded down with great sorrow or guilt or hurt. They might be subtle insults that leave people wondering what in the world was meant by that. And of course, it's always tempting to gossip when we hear some juicy news. But that also can lead to big trouble and misunderstanding and broken friendships. And speaking of gossip, did you hear the one about a pastor hearing two of his church members speaking in the back hallway of the church? One man said to the other, Listen carefully. I can only say this once because I promised the person who told me that I wouldn't repeat it. Little attempt at humor there. But these are the different kinds of words that can cause damage, wreck friendships, stir up trouble in a church. What causes Christians to fall into such destructive behavior? Well, we know from the Bible that human beings have sin natures. We inherited sin nature from our first human parents who fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. And that was passed down to all of human, the human race. And that basically means that we have to guard against selfishness or sinful behavior. When we come to Christ as our Savior, we learn of authentic love, which teaches us to turn away from our selfish desires in order to serve and love others. But from that inherent sin nature comes things such as jealousy, insecurity, defensiveness, worry, self-absorption, and on and on. So when those things rise up, or get the best of us, like jealousy or insecurity or anger. We often lash out with our words. It happens in our homes. It happens in relationships. It happens in the church. It can result in power grabs in the church. It can result in factions and choosing sides. Things that we would say never belong in the church, should never be in the church church, but they rise up because we're still dealing with our sin nature. So we end up lashing out with our words, or using our words to try to put others in their place, or to protect our territory, or just because of lacking thoughtfulness or grace, which then, of course, can lead to quarrels and fights and drawing lines between groups of people and all kinds of problems. You know, the problems I have witnessed most in church settings have to do with people fighting over control. Who gets to make these decisions? It often happens when some in the church 
who have grown used to exercising a lot of control begin to feel threatened by others who maybe have different ideas. And when we feel threatened, we can fall into the trap of using slanderous speech, speech that attacks, speech that cuts, speech that comes from fear and insecurity, that tries to put someone in their place, that tries to talk up things against other people to stop them from what they're trying to do. But James is saying that when we slander someone, we are placing ourselves above the law. We have appointed ourselves as judges over the law. Because we are saying that others need to follow the law, well, we ourselves are not following the law. It's as if we were a part of a committee or serving on some kind of board for maybe a church or a club or a school or whatever. And all of a sudden the issue comes up at a meeting about slander. And so after some discussion, our committee or our board votes unanimously that we will not allow slander in our meetings or in our group or in our club. We will not put up with it. And then as soon as the vote passes, we immediately take another vote that says, we as board members do not have to abide by that law. In doing so, we have placed ourselves above the law. Well, who do we think we are? We all know how we don't like government officials walking in parks or getting haircuts when telling everyone else they can't. We don't like people placing themselves above the law. But that's what we do if we slander others with our words or our speech. We are placing ourselves above the law of loving our neighbors as ourselves. And that is why we must not use our speech or our words to attack, to hurt, or to cut down others. Now, <clears throat> of course, there's nothing wrong with going to someone and talking over an area of disagreement respectfully. That's actually a good thing. That's placing ourselves under the law. That's using respect. That's trying to work out a problem. That's seeking a resolution. That's a good thing. But to just attack people with our speech, that's not good. That's putting ourselves above the law. And now verse 12 gives us the reason why we have absolutely no right to sit in judgment over the law. Verse 12 says, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? <clears throat> when we slander or place ourselves as judge over the law, we are stepping way beyond our rightful area. In fact, we are so far beyond our limits, it probably makes us look silly. It's good to talk things through when there are disagreements. It's good to seek resolution to problems. But we have to remember our proper place, don't we? Just who do we think we are? I'll tell you who we are. We are brothers and sisters in the faith. We are all made in the image of God. But we all have fallen natures. Christ has offered us his salvation and we are put here as 
Christians, as followers of Christ, to follow him, to love one another, while we wait expectantly for our future full redemption. Verse 12 says, There is only one lawgiver and judge. You know, that's God. God is the one who makes up the laws. He's the one that is the judge of who keeps the laws, who doesn't keep the laws. And he is the one who decides what will happen to each person. And so if we step into that role, like I said, we are stepping way out of the boundaries. It's not to us. And people have a right to say, who do they think they are? And so we are put here to follow him, to love one another, and wait expectantly for our future full redemption. And when that comes, when Christ comes back and our bodies are fully redeemed, we will have no more sin nature. We will be just fully dedicated to serving God and loving one another and just working the earth as God wants us to. And until that time, we are to put a filter on our speech. We are to take off our judge's robes and... Let's just see who we can invite into the kingdom as we love one another and help one another. Father, we thank you for your word, how relevant it is, how it speaks to our biggest problems, and may we follow it, and may we be good examples of those who love Christ and love each other. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.